Coming up on the Real Stack Guy podcast, another recurring guest from season one is back. Benny Fallender makes his first appearance on season two of the podcast. We did a full recap of Super Bowl 56 filled with stats on Super Bowl MVP Cooper Cup, uh, stats from the Rams come from behind win, and the Bengals' inability to protect Joe Burrow. Then in part two, we have our second game rewind of the season, and how else to celebrate a Rams Super Bowl victory by flashing back to the Rams' first Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 34. So Benny and I will recap that big game and dive into our fun categories. Also, best stat I saw this week, ESPN stat of the day, weekend preview for the NBA All-Star game, all coming up on the Real Stack Guy podcast. And here we go. The Los Angeles Rams are Super Bowl 56 champions, beating the Cincinnati Bengals 23 to 20. It was a good game, a little bit of an anticlimactic ending. Uh, Benny Fallender is back on the podcast in episode 30. Benny, this is episode 30. Can you episode believe it? 30. Wow. Yeah. I, know. I remember episode one. Got a what'd long you, way. What'd you say? Got a long way. I remember episode I, one. I know. I know. And you were on the second episode. I know. I know. It's been a while. Trust but <laughs> it was, like I said, it, it was a good Super Bowl, a little anticlimactic. But what is, what is your takeaway? One of your main takeaways from this game? Uh, my main takeaway is this one, that defense still wins championships. Uh, even all of like the, honestly, the last couple of years, I was always like, you know, offense, offense, offense. But this year, I mean, seven sacks to two sacks. You could tell that Joe Burrow was getting beat up. He played the, like the whole second half, whenever he got hurt, when was that? He was a torn MCL. Um, yeah, it was late. It was late in the second half. I mean, it was early. It was in the, in the fourth, play. fourth early fourth quarter somewhere around there but I mean he got hurt he was getting hit the whole game had no time so um I don't know the pass rush and everything like that 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 will go a long way and I I think this is a good, uh, place to go now I, I wasn't expecting to start with the Bengals stats but since we're here um Joe Burrow was sacked seven times in the Super Bowl which is tied for the most times being sacked in a Super Bowl uh Roger Shaw back all sacked. year Yes. All year he was getting sacked. All year. And I had said on, on our preview that he, he had been the first quarterback to make the Super Bowl, having been the most sacked in the regular season. Um, and then the he, he was also the most sacked quarterback in a single playoff. So he was sacked 19 times in the entire playoffs. And the previous record was 14. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he played four games, but for them to keep winning and then him to keep getting sacked. Right, the fact that they could keep winning while getting sacked is, yeah, you know, yeah, crazy. And, yeah, and, Shows and, how good he is. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think he is very good. And we'll, we're going to get to what the lot, what losing as a quarterback means. Um, but I think let's talk the Rams because they did win this game. Um, Cooper Cup was the Super Bowl MVP. And he was the eighth wide receiver to ever win. The last one was Julian Edelman, Super Bowl 53. Um, 
Cup had the most receptions in a playoff run. I don't know if you saw that one. I believe that. Yeah, 33 receptions. Uh, And I think the next closest person was 31. Um, Here's a a, uh, group of people that it's very good to be with. Uh, here are the wide receivers in NFL history to win the triple crown. So lead the league in touchdowns, catches, and yards, and win Super Bowl MVP. It's Cooper Cup and Jerry Rice. I mean, you could say that Cooper Cup just had one of the greatest wide receiver seasons ever. We're not saying he's one of the best wide receivers ever. He had the one of the greatest wide receiver seasons ever. Yeah, definitely. And that's why he won the Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, he did it all, fantasy wise team-wise, whatever you want to look at it. He was yep. the best one. Yep. And the, the last thing about Cup, uh, him and Stafford connected for 22 touchdowns this season, like including the playoffs, which is the second most by a duo ever. And this is funny because Jerry Rice had 22 touchdowns uh, in 1987, but Steve Young and Joe Montana actually played but, uh, throughout that season. So he caught touchdowns from Jerry Rice and Joe Montana in the same season. So all 22 were not from the same quarterback, which I think is pretty funny. Um, but the Rams, uh, with their Super Bowl win, became – well, first of all, it's, it's their second win overall. Their first one was uh, Super Bowl 34 in 1999-2000 season. But uh, they're the first team in NFL history to win three games by three points or fewer in a single postseason. I mean, that just shows one how tight like the entire playoffs was, but <clears throat> how they were able to kind of come back from certain ways that they played games. I mean, think about it. They kind of played three types of games. The one they were up huge, let it all come back, got a game-winning field goal. The other one they were down by double digits, came back, game-winning field goal. And then the Super Bowl, they came back again and scored a touchdown to win the whole thing. So they played a bunch of different ways. But, yeah, first team in NFL history to win three games by three points or fewer in a single postseason. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't even realize that. But looking back at it, I mean, even those games on the road, Tampa Bay against, you know, Tom Brady winning at home against the 49ers. And I thought they were toast in that game. Yeah, um, for so much of that one, it it looked for I mean, They were just Honestly, getting outplayed the whole game. They couldn't. Yeah, that I that's how I felt about the Super Bowl too. Like, it, it felt for so much of the well, I should say it felt for so much of the game that the Rams were better, but they were losing. They're playing from behind. Yeah, it like and felt like yeah, it kind of felt like they had control. They were doing kind of what they wanted to do, but they just couldn't. And they couldn't put up the points they wanted in the first half, and like when they needed stops in the first half against the Bengals, they couldn't do it. The, the um, fact that at halftime it was 13-10 and I thought the Rams played significantly better and the Bengals were getting the ball to start the second half was huge for them. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. But then, I mean, T. Higgins right away scored a touchdown and then you're right. like, uh, uh-oh. Like, right. And then, yeah, it went – the sequence was, okay, 13-10. Rams were playing so much better. Bengals were getting the ball to start the second half, scored a touchdown, Stafford interception – Bengals field goal they're up by seven and this is where I've had conversations with people last few days about it they couldn't they couldn't take advantage of what they were given I mean they they didn't score in the last what 25 minutes of the game basically the Bengals yeah 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 their last point yeah, yeah at 10, 10 minutes that field 10 minutes in the third quarter right um so Such we can shut down 
Yeah. And, and look, we can talk about the specific calls that happened. I know that's, it's always a fun conversation with us, but I like the T Higgins touchdown, clear offensive face mask, pass interference, whatever it would have been the hold at the end uh, on the third down for the Rams. I thought it was very soft, but they, but, but it was called. And I just, I don't think it was a game that you can like that Bengals fans have gripe with the refs when it's like we said, especially they had, multiple multiple so drives. many opportunities they couldn't cash it on touchdowns they couldn't cash on turnovers it couldn't yeah no i yeah. agree in both ways i mean it was one one holding call one blown pass interference like both ways both led to touchdowns right i don't think you could blame the referees for anything on there the uh and by yeah. the the t higgins play the Bengals. Yeah. uh that they were the first team in nfl history to score a touchdown on the first play from scrimmage and a half I remember yeah. Devin Hester doing it against our Colts. Not from scrimmage. That was, from scrimmage. That was yeah. the kickoff. Yep. So. Yep. Um, let's see. Sean McVay, youngest head coach in NFL history to win a Super Bowl. And I think the next – so, like, the previous youngest, I think, was Mike Tomlin. Does that sound right? He was 38. Makes sense. So, yeah. Makes sense. So, McVay. Early years with the Steelers. Yeah. So if McVay won again, he would be the youngest and the second youngest. Would um, Zach Taylor have been the the youngest as well if they would have won? Uh, this is well, he's he's thirty eight, right? So I don't know. This is where we we need a researcher on it. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll make it. I'll make a note of it. Um, we can come back from that. But did you want to mention we we're gonna start, we were gonna talk about like the quarterbacks coming back from losses like from Super Bowls. Do you have that stat? I don't know if I have that one, but I saw it somewhere. Um, I know. While you look for it, quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl in their first year with a new team, there's three. Trent Dilfer in 2000, Tom Brady in 2020, and Matthew Stafford in 2021. So the, the only ones to – QBs to win a Super Bowl in their first year with a new team. Wow. And then for the Rams again, this is this is kind of a – It's it, like we were saying, the Rams, like, were somewhat outplaying them, but, like, the Bengals had their chances. The, the Rams are the third team in NFL history to win a Super Bowl in which they were minus two or worse in turnover margin. That just shouldn't happen in Super Bowls. That the team with the biggest turnover – with the worst turnovers wins. Right. I'm trying to find the stat right here. It was like saying that for the quarterbacks, it's it starts with like Dan Marino about players going to like uh, the Super Bowl within like their first like two or three years and then never going back. It's like Dan Marino, Kurt yeah. Warner, Wait, Tom is it, Brady. Is it this one? Can you see this? I know the audience can't see it because it's an audio medium, but. Yeah, this one is just each of the last 16 quarterbacks to lose in their Super Bowl debut have never made it back to the Super Bowl. And so I think this is a kind of a big part of it, because I I very much remember um, the the Panthers when they lost to the Broncos in Super Bowl Mm -hmm. 50, which, by the way, we watched together. Um, The whole thing was, oh, the Panthers are going to be back. Like, don't worry. And like they got the quarterback. They got everything. It's so hard. Like, it's so hard for teams to come back and make the Super Bowl. So given that and, you know, the Bengals are in 
a situation where they need an offensive line really, really badly. Like they have weapons, they have the quarterback. Um, but we just told you the last 16 quarterbacks to lose their Super Bowl debut have never made it back. What's it going to take for them to get back? Is it more than just getting – because remember, the, the AFC is stacked. Quarterback. AFC stacked. Yeah, offensively they're stacked. I mean, I mean, obviously in Burrow, but then you got, you know, Mahomes and you got – Lamar, who's someone that didn't even make the playoffs. You got Josh Allen. You got, I mean, you can go on and on and on and on. But I don't know. For the Bengals, I feel like, I mean, obviously they have their quarterback. They have their receivers. They really just need an offensive line. And then defensively, I mean, they played really well in the, the playoffs. They had their ups and downs through the year. But if they could be more consistent, they could get a secondary. Like, I mean, you don't really want a guy like Eli Apple out there on, like, you know, Odell Apple, Beckham. Apple or, picking. Or, Exactly. Like you got to get some guy out there that can, you know, get a stop when you need it. But I mean, they're definitely built offensively, but that's what we said about the chiefs for a while. And yeah, I mean, the chiefs are still really good. You don't want to play them, but I mean, they won their super bowl and they went back and they lost and they haven't, you know, they, they've been a threat, but they haven't been like the chiefs that everyone thought they were going to be like, it hasn't been like the Mahomes, like, you know, just taking over like everyone thought he was going to do. So it's just like, it's just so hard. Just, just remember that every team can't make it every year. Like somebody's not gonna get there, and more. And that's more the beauty teams. of a of a tournament, like a one a one loss tournament, like sure. the NFL has or college bat, whatever. Like you know, if you don't play well in that one day, you know you're toast. Yep, and that's part of it. Yeah. So a a big part of you know what we we're just talking about is ha- had to do with the Rams defense, um, especially mm-hmm. their defensive line. So I have a couple of good ones here. So Von Miller and Aaron Donald each had two sacks it's the second time a pair of teammates both had two sacks in a super bowl the other was von miller and demarcus Ware. so demarcus or or von miller was part of both pairs of teammates that have two or more sacks in the super bowl i was hoping you were going to say the 07 colts Freddie and Mathis. Uh, maybe that's what I was hoping. For. <laughs> I don't know if they did it honestly. Yeah. That's what I just the way that you were looking. I was like, what uh, was <laughs> and then uh, it actually brought up Von Miller's total uh, Super Bowl sacks to four and a half, which ties him with Charles Haley for the most in NFL history. Um, yeah, they they put on a show. Oh, you were going to talk about the last play. The oh yeah, the last play. They actually. I mean, if you look back at it, the Bengals actually had a really good play call uh, to get the first down and potentially, you know, 10, 15 more yards and get out of bounds. Um, They did a little bit of like a slant and uh, a little uh, spacing right now, a little flat route. And obviously Burrow didn't have much time. Aaron Donald got on the backfield super quickly, but Burrow didn't make the read or at least took his eyes off of it right away because he was getting pressured so fast. But the guy on the outside made a slant, and the corner, the press corner that was there, either had to choose, they're playing a little bit of a zone, had to choose on guarding the slant or the flat route. And he chose the slant, and Uzama was outside for, I believe it was Uzama who's in there um, at tight end. And he was outside wide open in the flat and probably would have picked up another 10, 15 yards, get out of bounds, you know, move the chains on fourth down, put him in position to potentially, you know, get a game tying field goal or still have time to go down and score a touchdown. But Obviously, with the how fast Aaron Donald got back there and how much, you know, Joe Burrow has been hit the whole game, he's not really, you know, he's got to be aware of all that. So, but the play was there. The play was yeah. definitely there. I, so, I had thought on third and – well, let's, let's go back even a little bit. 
on second and one, they, they threw a pass, which, you know, whatever, like you're, you're running the play, but you, if you get this first down, you're very likely at least going to get a field goal attempt between like 50 and 58 yards. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I really, really, really thought they should not have run on third down football situationally. They had two timeouts. Yes. But like, you're guaranteeing you have to use a timeout after that play. Um, now you can make the argument like, oh, they were getting destroyed passing, like, or, you know, sacks. Right. Different I remember lines, Zach but... Taylor said after the game, he was asked about it. He said that he wanted to, like, quote, unquote, steal a first down. Like, everyone thought that even if it was third and one, um, like, one yard, just, like, the time and situation, like, you have to go down there and score. There was only a minute or whatever left in the game. Um, like, everyone thought that they were going to pass the ball. They had P. Ryan in, like, wasn't even mixing. So it's like, of course, right. like, you know, passing personnel, passing whatever. Yeah. Like, let's hand it off. The problem to me, I didn't mind the run. Uh-huh. I minded it that it went to Aaron Donald's side. Mm. And, like, like well, I, I just feel like you can't – like, he's the best player in football. Yeah. And in, in half of, like, this podcast right now, we've talked about him, you know. Yeah. Like, obviously, they know who Aaron Donald is. Like, why are you running it that way? Why aren't you not, like – maybe, like, why is Bro not checking it the other way or something? Like, I don't know, something. But right. Well, and I think that's – and I, for me, that would be part of the argument against not running it. Like, even though – like, the, I get the, um, the thought of, oh, they most likely think we're not going to run it, so let's run it. But it's the whole, like, stay away from your opponent's strengths and, like, attack – or go to your strengths, stay away from the opponent's strengths, and – yeah, they were surprising them, but they surprised right into their strength. Right. Is what they, and so that's, and like I said, situationally, I just thought with two timeouts, there was only 45 seconds left at that point. And like, you maybe still want to try to get closer than 50 yards. Right. Um, it's not a guarantee. Like obviously McPherson was right. the whole playoffs, but you know, right. it's different when it's a game time field yeah. in the Super Bowl. And here, I, I will say this about Zach Taylor, because I still think, I mean, it might have been one of his worser games. It up until that point, it was I think it was fine. Literally, those last like two minutes, I said this to Dylan. We were trying to say like, is Zach Taylor a good coach? And my my response was, I think he's good because he doesn't mess stuff up. Right? He doesn't have a thing like Mike McCarthy like has a thing that he messes up. Right? Yeah. Like a lot of coaches have things that make them bad or they mess up. Zach Taylor right. never really had a thing that he like messed up or was bad at, which I thought made him good, a good coach. Like if you can right. go through a season. And I do think game. he's a really good coach. Yeah, and it's hard I, to yeah. put it obviously on, on one game, especially because it's also, you know, it's also his first Super Bowl. You go back yeah. and you see Sean McVay in his first Super Bowl, he put up three points. You know, it's not like it's, it's still, you still have all the pressure of the Super Bowl. You still have, and then you still got to do, you're playing the best team, the other best team that there is. You know, it's not like it's a cakewalk. It's not like, and you're against another good coach. You're against like the other team's great personnel. It's not like, you know. And and for them to get there was, was amazing, honestly. Like every Bengals fan I talked to, um, and you just see it. Obviously, it sucks that they lost still, but they all agree like it was a great season. Right. Just you get that close. I feel like that play too for like Zach Taylor's like defense. Like obviously it didn't work, yeah. so everyone's like, oh whatever. And like it was still third down, so they did have another play, but if it did work, if they would have picked up, you know, like on a little draw play or whatever, little handoff, like 10, 15 yards and gotten to like a 50 yard field goal with one timeout left, they would have taken a timeout, you know, like right. it would have looked a lot better. Yeah. So it's just, it's just what happened, I guess. Right. Right. Hindsight. And yeah. And selfishly, like 
you just, you want it, you didn't want that to be the way it ended. Like it just felt an empty ending. Right. It's like it's like your Patriot Seahawks game, you know? <laughs> they threw the ball instead of running with Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. If they, yeah. if they throw in, they score a touchdown, no one's saying anything. True. Yeah, right. exactly. The, it's, but, it's a lot of it is results based. You can exactly you, you so, can always play Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end, it's just a chess game. They're just trying to, you know, hey, trying to make them out. R- rate this Super Bowl one to ten. One is why did I watch this game? Ten is nothing will ever top this. Super Bowl wise. Super Bowl. Wise. One, why did I watch this? Ten, nothing's gonna top this. I tough. I, I liked it. it. I thought there were parts of the game that were pretty like very boring. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in the end, like obviously it was a close game. Yeah. Like the Rams came down, scored, take the lead. Bengals had a chance to come down. There wasn't really anything there that like really ruined the game. Like there wasn't like a really like a blown call or a blown like whatever, at least in my eyes. So like, I don't know. I would say it was about a, I give it a good seven. It was, that, that's I what I was really, thinking. I thought six. it was a really good Super Bowl. Yeah. I was thinking about six or seven. Like I said, it was a good game for most. I thought there were a lot of random exciting things that kind of happened. Um, yeah, and if it plays, there were, yeah, you know, and if it's, close that's that's all you can ask for in a super bowl like i never want to see broncos seahawks a super bowl like that oh yeah again. just something super boring you're like you have to watch because it's the super bowl but like you yeah. really like if it was a normal sunday you flip it off and go right watch a different game or watch you know just go do whatever else yeah. so I, I think seven is very fair um it was it was good just a little anticlimactic at the end what um, game would you put as a 10 that you've watched well can there even be a 10 because i would never like not watch another game um but what would nine a nine (laughs) nine nine point nine i mean you kind of mentioned it like the i i hate to go patriots way but for example the falcons patriots game the first half was was pretty boring for most people right it was a good second ending but the i always said this i wouldn't say it was boring for most people uh, right right yeah yeah uh, that's true that's true um but the like the seattle new england game that was good for like the whole thing like it was back right. and forth and it had the ending so if you can have the back and forth closeness in the first part of the game and the close exciting ending that's what would make for like one of the best games right. what do, do you have a specific one that you're kind of thinking not really now that i can think of like full game wise but like just ending wise obviously like yeah i mean the you know well, hey, the maybe the Falcons game, the I mean, even I mean, obviously the Patriots run a lot of Super Bowls, so a lot of them are theirs, but like we even like the David Tyree catch game, like, yeah. like those are just, you know, just and, hey, crazy the, endings. The the one that uh, we're, we're going to talk about in a little bit, I, I think is is somewhat towards the top there and exciting yeah. endings, a little foreshadowing. Um, hey, I have some overall playoff stats for. You. I just think these are two kind of exciting things to uh, to wrap in like how the playoffs were. So in the last seven games of the postseason, so from the divisional round on, divisional round, conference championship, Super Bowl, it was the first postseason in NFL history where all those seven games were decided by single digits. Mm-hmm. And all the other postseasons previously had at least two such games decided by uh, double digits or more. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, just the the incredibly how- close playoffs. Every single game you're like, oh my God. And it was, you know, so I remember watching like, yeah, it was a divisional round, and it was like, oh, the first game was that I was watching was like 
oh, field goal to win. And then the next game is like, it can't be like that again. It's field goal to win. And then the next day it's like, well, it must be like, you know, this probably going to be like a 10 point game. And nope, field goal. Field, it was like just ridiculous. Every single game you're like on the edge of your seat. I, I kept saying every game was better than the one before it. And you, you didn't think it could be possible, especially going into the Bills Chiefs game when it was like, this is supposed to be the best one. How are they going to top what has already happened? And then, of course, yeah. they somehow did. It was, it, had to, it was the most exciting playoffs I can remember. Very recency bias, but like that stat kind of proves that the later, bigger games were closer and more exciting. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I would definitely agree that like just playoff wise as an overall, like just fantastic. It was fantastic. The quarterback named Joe in a Super Bowl is now seven and three. Quarterbacks named Matt or Matthew are now one and two. That was their first wins for Matthews. The other, the losses were uh, Matt Ryan and Matt Hasselbeck. I remember last year you were doing this stat too. (laughs) It's actually really funny. This was, I, I did mention something about like the names, right? And I had it in like the bio for like the podcast. And it's funny right. that that kind of came back around, like talking about Joe's being in and winning Super Bowls. Yeah, it's like a new Joe. As you were like, yeah, he hasn't been a Joe in a while. And now it's like this one. And then it's just like yeah. funny. It's, yeah, it, it is fantastic. Uh, hey, I know you had one more stat about the flip of the old coin that you wanted to mention. Oh, I had, I had two more stats. Okay, two more, two more. Um, so my good buddy, uh, Forrest, our good buddy Forrest, sent me this earlier today. And it was um, that a quarterback and coach, it, like they have never won in NFL history. They've never won a Super Bowl after them being together for five years. If that makes sense. So anytime a coach and a quarterback like started together, they always. Or just been together for five years. Right, right. They, they didn't so, have to start at the same time, but yeah. Yeah. They they couldn't yes, yes, yes. They couldn't they never won past five years. Yeah. If they were to have wow. won, it would be within five years, which is crazy because this upcoming season will be John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson's fifth year together, and it'll be um McDermott and Josh Allen's fifth year together. Oh wow. That's so actually, one of them won't do it. Yeah, that's actually really interesting because it, it actually makes a little sense. Like if you get to year five or six of a specific coach quarterback duo. Yeah, it's like you're most, most likely you're not, but. You're most likely thinking something is wrong if you haven't right. won a Super Bowl. Fired. Someone's probably fired by then or a new quarterback by then yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty interesting. But then you see like these, like, I don't know, like a like a coach retiring or something like that. Like, I don't know, but like, like in green Bay or something like that with like LaFleur or something with like Aaron Rodgers, like they haven't done it yet. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. They've, they've almost been as close as you can go without actually going. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then my last staff the NFL, uh, which is or about the Super Bowl, which is kind of a funny one. Um, but the last eight Super Bowls, the team that has uh, that has won the coin toss has lost the game. I lost the game. I lost the game. <laughs> oh, I also won the game. I forgot to tell you, Jack and I invented a game uh, you where you win. 
So every, every, by the way, people are going to be so mad that listen to this. It's going to be so funny, but yeah. So now if you think about the game, you win the game. So it's a different game, but if you think about the game, you win the game. It's a different game. It's a different game. Yeah. Which it basically makes you lose the game, but. Right. But then you win the game, but then you win the game. You won. It's a wash. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Anyway. So yes, the, I can't believe how big of a thing the coin toss it, like the fact that it got to like I don't remember hearing about it last year. Oh, I hit it last year too. I'm two for two, Josh. In what? Oh, in getting it right. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, it's a fifty-fifty <laughs> chance. It's the best odds you can get, right? <laughs> right, right. No, that is a crazy one. Um, we'll we'll know for well. I'm not, I'm always gonna keep an eye on that for every year now. Um, well, hey, what what were some of your favorite commercials? Honestly, I didn't watch many Anything commercials. Stuck out. Okay. Uh, did you hear about the QR code one? I saw that. It was a Coinbase, okay. right? It yeah. crashed their website. No way. Yeah, it crashed the app. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm like someone and that I was saw their, with. And I saw it put them on um, – I don't know where they were before the Super Bowl, but it bumped their app up to number two on, I, on the uh, app store. Incredible. I, I think it's genius. What it happened? was genius because it was also like when we corner. had like right it was like what we had like in, in elementary school we were all like watching the screen like on our computers it was genius. two two others that i wanted to mention doritos strikes again i think that they know what they're doing. Always. always always um and then do you remember seeing the one it was like an nfl video game commercial type thing where like oh yeah came. yeah yeah that was really that. cool and I, yeah. it was, it was very similar to the NFL 100 commercial that they did a couple of years ago, but like yeah. it was the real players, like having a banquet or something. Um, it was very similar, but like, that was very cool to watch. I, I would think yeah. like most kids that, or like pretty much anybody that's watching could enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, especially when you can recognize the players. So. what do you and, think of the, uh, the halftime okay. show? Oh yes. Yes. I meant to, to write about that and ask about it. Um, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the best. And I had this conversation with a couple I liked people. It. No, no, I, I did. It's, but I think that should be the goal because you can't please everybody. You could with the halftime show. It's because we're older now. When we were young, like when we were like ten years old, they were trying to please the like you know 25, 30, 35, 40 crowd. Now we're about into that crowd. So for the next fifteen years, it's gonna be stuff that we like, and then it's gonna. I know I definitely liked it. I like I recognized <laughs> them. Obviously, like I recognized the songs. Um, yeah, no, I, I did like it. Any any last stats or thoughts on Super Bowl Fifty Six? Nothing. I, I I have we're going into our segment, so I have a couple more to add here. Um, so I have so first one best stat I saw this week, which I'm actually labeling as worst stat I saw this week. Bengal, the Bengals are the first team ever to lose the Super Bowl despite having no giveaways and at least one takeaway. Like that is heartbreaking. It's to sad. not turn the ball over and to turn it over and, and not be able to come away with the win is heartbreaking. Um, and then another a bonus best out of the week. Uh, Do you see the passing stats in the first half for the quarterbacks? Okay. No. Both quarterbacks had 12 completions for 18 attempts in the first half. So the exact same. The exact same. It's the first is it time. Or no? What'd you say? 
Was it the same yardage? No, I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> it was, it was the both time both quarterbacks had the same number of completions and attempts in any Super Bowl. That's pretty fun. Um, Probably pretty hard to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not that surprised by that. Yeah. ESPN stat of the day. Actually, have a basketball thing. The, uh, the Celtics are the first team to win three straight games on the road by thirty plus points. So you got you got a few a few qualifiers there. Road so games win yeah, three so all by thirty. First team to win three straight games on that are all on the road by thirty points. Or I should say three straight road games is kind of the, the way to say that one. Um, so they were they they were dominating on the road recently, which is a good thing to see for me. Exactly. I mean, they're a solid squad. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're they, they're want- looking that way. But I know they're they're looking that way. Um, and then weekend preview stats. Uh, it is the NBA All Star Game. Believe it or not, uh, it's on Sunday, the February twentieth in Cleveland. So the most points scored in an All Star Game is 52 by Anthony Davis in 2017. LeBron James actually has the most career points in All-Star games total. Uh, he has more than 100 over the second place person. And then Giannis actually has the best average uh, at 27 a game. But it's funny too, LeBron actually has the most turnovers in All-Star games. But like he's been to a lot of them, so can't yeah. blame him. Um, and when you're trying to win MVP, you know, you're going to have the ball in yeah. your hand. Right, right. What okay, so all-star games like fine, but the skills competitions are are pretty fun to me. What's what's your yeah. favorite one to watch? Okay. I, I think it, it on good years it's the best. It does, um, yeah. Depend on who's in it and like what they do, but there's always I'm not, like the anticipation for the slam dunk is just so much like greater than all the other ones. I'm always excited to see the slam dunk and whether it's good or not, like I was at least excited before. Right. And sometimes like, like I said, depending on who's in it, um, but like, and also nothing will ever top like the Aaron, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine. Dunk oh yeah. Unless they do it again. Um, the three, I, I still like the three, the three point shootout. I like that too. The, the skills one's fine. Like the, like the passing and whatever. Yeah. And then like the, what do they do? Like the half court shots or is that? The, yeah. They, they've changed the format on some of these things a yeah. lot over the past few years. So. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, slam dunk contest is kind of where it's at. Um, All right. We are going to move on to the game rewind after a break. I know we were going to talk college basketball because you're our guy, but I think we will have you back another time to do college basketball because this is a huge Super Bowl episode. Just to recap, get through the NFL season. Um, So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to do – a game rewind of Rams Titans Super Bowl 34. We will be right back. Okay, we are back and we Benny and I are going to do a second game rewind on the podcast. Um, and remember this is all about the Rams. They just won their second Super Bowl. So we are going to go back to when they won their first Super Bowl. Spoiler alert, but I think most people understand and realize that that is what happened. Um, so again, Super Bowl 34 between the St. Louis Rams at the time, remember, and the Tennessee Titans. So we, this is interesting. So when Dylan and I did the other game rewind, it was for a game three years ago. 
right? So we very vividly remember it. This is going to be interesting because I, I had to go, I went back and watched most of the game. You know, I had to get an idea of what had happened. Like we don't have any memory of this game other than what we've seen in highlights. Um, and so we've both gone and watched, you know, our portions of the game, you know, just try to get an idea what it was like. Um, but do, do you have like any thoughts or memories just about what you've seen in, over the years from this game? From this game? I mean, obviously I know the players. Like if all the yeah. players, stuff. Um, like it's just all players that you've heard of, at least like for me, that's like, I've heard of, I know them, like I know they're really good, but I just mm. don't like, I didn't watch a ton of them just because by the time they like retired from the NFL, like I just, you know, wasn't old enough. So like, obviously like you had your Steve McNair, your Eddie George on the tie-ins, you had Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, you know, Kurt Warner. So you have, you have all these players that, you know, that, but like you, don't really know that, you know that that was exactly one of my thoughts i even wrote i was like we can do a total name off with some of these with some of these players like there were just names while watching i was like oh yeah like i know who that is like that guy played a little bit longer like i remember watching him when i was younger um one you didn't mention javon curse i just thought that was that was a good name to, yeah. to throw into uh, there's names there that you're like oh yeah i didn't yeah. realize that he played that long ago or like yeah exactly like, like those like people that like they were playing like in 2007 or eight or whatever that like they're the rookies in this game right you're like i didn't realize that they were then yep yep exactly so I, i'm gonna set the stage for us so it's super bowl 34 again on abc and funny enough i just realized this al michaels who just announced the the rams win over the Bengals, also announced the rams win over the titans his uh, analyst for this game was Boomer Esiason. So you had Al Michaels, Boomer Esiason on the call. The St. Louis Rams, I, I'm not even going to ask you to guess their preseason Super Bowl odds. Um, I'm just going to tell you. They were plus 15,000 preseason Super Bowl odds, like to win the whole thing. That's absurd. Uh, Dick Vermeil was in his third season as the Rams head coach. Uh, they were four and 12 the previous season. Um, and remember Kurt Warner is now in his second year as a player, but his first year as a starter stepping in for injured Trent green, which by the way, did you, did you see any of the documentary? No. Or yeah, it was a documentary, right? Like the the Kurt Warner movie, I should say. It was really good. I I got to see it. Um, until like, I, it was kind of perfect for this. Like I learned a lot about, like what he went through and got to see all that. Um, but the, the thing for the Rams, they ended up with the number one offense in the NFL that season. Like this is the pre greatest show on turf. Really it is the greatest show on turf, but like the next couple of years were, right. yeah. When they grew even bigger. Um, and I thought it was funny. They beat Tampa Bay in the NFC championship game with a final score of 11 to six. Just a really kind of funny score. There was at yeah. one point, the score was six to five. Um, What'd you say? Was that a scorigami at the time? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. But at one point, the score was six to five, which is very funny. I mean, there was a safety and field goal. Um, and then so for the Tennessee Titans this game, their preseason, preseason Super Bowl odds, plus 3,000. So you had two kind of long shot teams that ended up in the Super Bowl. And one year before, they were the Tennessee Oilers. Three years before, they were the Houston Oilers. 
So within mm-hmm. four years, they went from the Houston Oilers to being the Tennessee Titans in the Super Bowl. Um, I always think about Castaway and how when uh, Tom, Tom Hanks' character comes back, uh, they tell him that like the Oilers moved to Tennessee to become the Titans. Like that's how long yeah. he was gone that their team went to another city and got to the Super Bowl. Um, so I always think about that when I think about like this game. Um, and then Jeff Fisher is the Titans coach, which is did very funny. He rewatched it. Did you hear what Al Michaels was saying about Jeff Fisher? Like the very, very beginning of the, of the broadcast. What, uh, you can say it like what was specifically. He just said, he goes, and it's like, Mr. Like mediocre, mediocrity. It was like eight and eight. He's like, and it was like so funny. Cause everyone's still like, when you see an A, obviously it's not anymore. Cause there's one more game, but like, right. like Jeff Fisher year, it's like Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher. It's like, just so funny that like in the year 2000, like Al Michaels is talking about that, but Jeff that Fisher. Is- it, that is so funny. I wrote that down. His previous three seasons from this one were all eight and eight. They right. really went eight and eight three years in a row and then finally made the Super Bowl. Um, and remember, for the Titans, this is the year that they had they beat Buffalo in the Music City Miracle in the wild card round. Um, and the cool thing for the Titans, they had a safety, Anthony Dorsett, who is the son of great Tony Dorsett. And at the time, this is actually only the second time that a father and son duo played in the Super Bowl. Obviously separate, but second time it had ever happened. Um, now there's been seven pairs that have actually won, which not surprising. Like we're now 20 years later. So like a lot of the guys that were playing at the time of this game now right. might have kids that are literally playing a game. So just again, had, I, I wanted to set the stage, kind of like talk about what brought the Rams and the Titans here. Um, and up to this point, neither team had won a Super Bowl. The Rams had their only appearance in LA in 1980, and they got kind of smacked around. Um, but both teams had really strong offenses, which makes the first half kind of mystifying. And I think you kind of understand from watching back the highlights. So, right. going to run through a game recap. That's our first thing. First quarter, the first play from scrimmage was a reception by a lineman, which is just the way you want a Super Bowl to start. It was, it was the tipped pass that uh, – which, by the way, any tipped ball can be caught by anybody, which I don't know how that rule has changed since then. But it was kind of funny to hear about some of the rules that have changed. Yeah. Um, and that Rams opening drive actually ended on a botched field goal snap. And this is a trend. It won't be the first field goal attempt of the half. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. The Titans' first drive is also a missed field goal by Al Del Greco. He's a name that pops up a lot in this, this game. And then finally on the Rams' second drive, they make a 27-yard field goal, Jeff Wilkins, to go up 3-0. Second quarter. Uh, this is The first play of the second quarter, it was an incomplete shovel pass. It was a play you would see nowadays that you probably never saw then. And it was the type of play where, like, everyone sees uh, this type of motion and you think it's a fumble, right? But like it right. was forward. Right. So the refs are immediately like, no, 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 incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. It's just, it was just very funny to see it in, two, in the year 2000. Right. It's just like so foreign to them that now like for us, it's just so regular. Right. You see the game from someone. Yeah. But it's usually on the goal line 
or like a you know when we see it now right right and so all the uh all the rams second quarter drives ended in field goal attempts they went two for three on them the other two were from 29 and 28 so i thought it was very interesting their three made field goals in the first half were 27 28 29 yards and i originally thought it was one of those things where now no one really kicks those distance of field goals like you're gonna go for it if you get that close but all three times I'm pretty sure they had like nine yards to go nine or 10 yards to go. So they weren't like, they were in a position where it just made sense to, to kick. Right. You know, what is weird was when I was watching, um, they were talking about Kurt Warner and just on the season, he, um, he led the league in turnovers in the red zone. So it was just interesting that, when they got to the red zone in the Super Bowl, like they didn't score, but they like they got I mean they got the field goals. So it was like a step above, obviously, and like turning it over. But then they had all their, you know, they had some troubles kicking. So it was like just kind of yeah. Full go around. Right, right. And it's funny, so we mentioned like the field goals being a, a trend for this first half. All the first half drives in this game ended in either a field goal attempt or a punt. Mm-hmm. Other than the final kneel down, which is very weird to think about. Yeah, no turnovers, no turnovers, no touchdowns. No touchdowns. Yeah. Only only kicks. So at halftime, nine to nothing. Titans were held scoreless in the first half. And up to this point in Super Bowls, if a team was held scoreless in the first half, they had never won. And it had happened nine times. So this was the tenth time a team was held scoreless in the first half, and none of the previous nine went on to win. Not a good omen so far for the Titans. Um, and I thought this was funny. At halftime, Boomer Esiason called it a track meet when it was 9 yeah. nothing. Not really sure what qualified him to call it a track meet. Uh, not, not a very good game for Boomer Esiason, by the way. Yeah. What, what did you say? Sorry, it cut out. Track meet is a lot of legs, a lot of kicking. Uh, the- yes, yes, that's what he meant. <laughs> so thir- going to the third quarter again, 9 nothing Rams. The Titans are receiving the ball to start the half. Their first drive, blocked field goal. Just, just a continuation of the first half. Then finally, right. halfway through the third quarter, the Rams score on a nine-yard touchdown uh, to Torrey Holt. Now 16-0 with seven minutes left in the third. Uh, on the Titans' ensuing drive, again, another Boomer Esiason uh, thing that happened. <laughs> uh, Steve McNair's kind of rolling out. And you can hear Boomer in the background of Al Michaels call yelling, throw it, throw it. And then McNair runs for 23 yards. So that was pretty funny. And then the Titans finally score a touchdown near the end of the third quarter. It's an Eddie George run. Uh, Remember, it's 16-0, right? So it's two possessions. This is still in the third quarter. But the Titans decide to go for two. They miss. So it's now still 16-6. Benny. Do you know what year two-point conversions were added to the NFL? I do not. Is it that year? 1994. So can you imagine it being only five years old as a concept going for two? That's just weird to me that it wasn't, like, always a thing. Right. right. I always like, thought it was a thing. And that's because it's, it's older than us. The two-point conversion in the NFL is older than us. Um, right. Barely, but – they yeah so like they, they were able to go for two now and 
it's funny because it, it would well, be one of those things now where like should they have like it's still in the third quarter but they maybe didn't think they were gonna get that many possessions well it's the same thing with the rams when they scored to go up 15 to zero is like well do you go you're obviously you're in control of the game it's like do you go for two and make it you know a three possession game instead of going for it like the extra point and making it still only a two possession game sort of thing yeah so it's just like out like it's just weird like obviously like we talked about like just different times like nowadays i feel like that'd be a lot more in consideration and like then they're probably they probably didn't think about it much like all right kick the extra point and like they just did and so now fourth quarter it's still 16 to 6 rams titans get it back they have a fourth and one at midfield with 11 minutes left they got to go for it and they get it uh then with 840 left after a huge first down they are weirdly not set and they have to use their second timeout. And this is big. And Al Michaels even says that he's like, this, that is a very critical timeout. Again, great foreshadowing for what's going to happen. Eddie George then scores his second touchdown uh, to pull the game to 16-13. His, did you see the play? It was his a great knee, run. It was a good great. run. His knee was down. Was I don't it? know if you got to see the replay of it. But on like the full game, they showed replay. His knee was down, but remember, no replay. Sc- scoring plays weren't reviewed at the time. Coaches could challenge, but you had to do it before the extra point. So you know, ten years later, this gets reviewed automatically. But then you had to challenge it as a coach, and they they didn't challenge it. You know, the odds are they get in two, one or two plays later. But um, just a, another funny moment of like this was twenty years ago. They probably would have called it in anyways nowadays. <laughs> you know what? You are right about that. Yep. Yep. Point, <laughs> point exactly. So then with 6-17 left in the game, Al Michaels, of course, it's 16-13. He says, there has never been an overtime in a Super Bowl. Makes sense. Why not? Um, and to this point in Super Bowl history, two teams had won after being down nine or more. And the Titans were down nine nothing at halftime. So that was something that was popping up. And finally, with like 2.30 left in the game, after having already missed two field goals in the game, Del Greco makes a 43-yarder to tie the game at 16. The Titans are all the way back from being down 16-0. Multiple missed field goals, missing a two-point conversion, um, and it's with two minutes left. It's tied at 16. First play of the Rams' ensuing drive, is a 73-yard touchdown to Isaac Bruce to take a 23-16 to lead. Bruce. Eerily similar to the T. Higgins play in this past Super Bowl. Very, very, very similar. Like, it almost looked like he kind of had, like, a push, like, kind of was dragging the guy, um, but ended up scoring. And just like that, the Rams had the lead. And now we're under the two-minute warning, and now the Titans have to go for – where the previous drive, a touchdown would have won the game. A touchdown now just ties it. So here's – I want to – I'm going to go halfway through the Titans' final drive because this is a pretty crazy sequence. With 44 seconds left, they have, a, they have an opportunity to call a timeout, their last one, which would get them the ball at the uh, – they'd have first down at the 31-yard line with 44 seconds. They don't take it they end up spiking it with 31 seconds left. So they let 13 seconds run off and then spike it. Boomer, Esaison, one of them to call the timeout. 
Al Michaels wanted them to keep it so that they could keep using the middle of the field. I, I don't know why it took them 13 seconds to spike it. Um, but what, like, do you think you're keeping the timeout at that point? Like you need a touchdown. You've already run yourself out of timeouts. Right. It's, I mean, it's tough. It just depends on how much time you want to save. Obviously something probably was going wrong with the spike and getting lined up and everything. You probably shouldn't yeah. take that long to do it, but yeah, I don't know. I probably would done the same thing. Probably try to get up there and spike it. Yeah, I just think it took too long. Is, that's that's the issue. Definitely, yeah. It just it, it took too long. Um, but like they end up keeping it, and it's a good thing they did. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. They end up losing the game, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, the <laughs> the very next play is almost intercepted, but there was offsides, so it, you know it wasn't intercepted. Doesn't matter. Five yards. Right. The play after that was an incomplete pass to Eddie George, who wasn't even looking at the ball. The next play after that, there's 22 seconds when the play starts. McNair almost gets sacked at the 43-yard line with 12 seconds left. Now, if he does, they call their timeout, and now they have one play from the 43-yard line. Right, a little Hail Mary. He breaks the tackle and throws a ball deep middle of the field to the 10-yard line caught by Kevin Dyson with six seconds left. That was also a funny Boomer Sison play as well because they had him. He goes, oh, they got him. They got him. And then, obviously, McNair escapes from it and throws it you know, 30 yards down yep. the field. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but, again, it's one of, like they took 16 seconds when you had 22 seconds and one timeout. Now, obviously, you don't want to just take the sack, but, like, something had to have happened before that in that scenario. Right. So now one final play from the 10 yard line, six seconds left, no time, um, no timeouts. It's a slant to the, like the two yard line to Kevin Dyson. Again, he's tackled by Mike Jones at the one, the most famous one, one yard short that there ever was. Like you said, you can make memes about it, or they would have then. Um, no, like that. No timeouts. Time runs out. That's the game. Come up. The Titans come up one yard short, and the St. Louis Rams are Super Bowl thirty-four champions. It was a good game. It was definitely a good game. Yes. With an they exciting did, finish. Yeah, they were my three football pet peeves right there. Number one, goal line fade. Number two prevent defense and then this right here on a fourth down end of game whatever throw it short of the line you throw it short try to run for it you know you throw it short of the end zone why you what i don't know why are you doing that it's true it seems like it works out less than it does work out like doing that does not work as much as when you actually throw it to the line to gain yeah but it really couldn't have been more exciting ending the fact that he did catch he had it he had like the ball he's stretching over trying to get there you're just like holding your breath like yeah like is he gonna right and that's what i was gonna mention like this we were talking about earlier kind of like top super bowls like this is for sure a top five ending to a super bowl i mean even watching it back you know 22 years later now i was like oh my god this is this is nuts like just that sequence that that i just read off and that last play like thinking because he had i I actually do think if the pass was a little more out in front of him, 
he would have had a chance. Like he wouldn't have had to slow down, kind of come back. Like right. he would have been able to keep his speed and go in. Um, and then like, who, who knows? We'll, we'll talk about the sliding doors later, but just like, who knows what happens if, you know, he scores and what ended up happening in the game. You have your, the first overtime game in Super Bowl history at that point. Um, yeah, just, just a really, a really fun game. I wonder if that's where the Space Jam creators thought of the, the Michael Jordan stretch to score the basket. It's it's a, we're gonna get to the social media part, but it's, it is really funny. Like what could have been done like with this game. So some some records or just basic stats that kind of came out of this. This game had no turnovers. It was the second. It's only the second ever Super Bowl that there were no turnovers in the entire game, and the other one was Giants Bills in Super Bowl twenty five. That's that's pretty stellar to have no turnovers um, for either team in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then Kurt Warner. This was the most pass yards in a Super Bowl at the time with 414. Um, and so the last time Warner had touched the ball was on that that deep touchdown, 414 yards. He's it's now the third most, um, but Warner has the third, fourth, and sixth most passing yards in a game in a Super Bowl, which is which is pretty great on his career. Next category, or really like our first like candidate category. Stat line MVP. Here are the candidates. Kurt Warner, Eddie George, Isaac Bruce. So Warner had 414 yards. He was 24 for 45 with two touchdowns. Eddie George had 28 rushes for 95 yards and two touchdowns. And then Isaac Bruce had six receptions for 162 yards and a touchdown. So I I think it should be Warner. Like I know he won MVP, but I'll hear an oh, argument for someone. I'll hear a case for someone else. Give me, give me the case for either one if you don't think it's Warner, or do you think it is Warner? I mean, he's probably the MVP, but I mean, at the same time, like, I mean, obviously, it's it was hard to give it to Isaac Bruce just because. I mean, even like you didn't mention, but like Tory Holt, very similar stat line. Uh, same about like, one more reception, than Isaac Bruce, but you know, like probably he had like sixty less yards, fifty yeah. less. Both had a touchdown. So they both had big games, so it's kind of hard to like pick between them. And then obviously, I mean, Eddie George had a really good game rushing, twenty-eight carries, ninety-five yards, and two touchdowns. Um, so I think if Tennessee would have won, it's probably going to Eddie George. But the fact that they didn't, it's going, it's going to Kurt Warner. Yeah, and I guess a, a preface of this of this category, like the Salon MVP, does not have to go to somebody on the winning team. Okay, um, but I I think Warner's four hundred fourteen yards. Is, is, is significant enough. Like, I think, I feel like George needed more yards. Like he did have the two touchdowns, but I, I feel like he needed more yards to maybe outsee what Warner did. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. I would put Kurt Warner over Eddie George, but I think it's close between yeah. like Kurt Warner and, and the receivers. Mm. Isaac Bruce. Cause I mean, Isaac Bruce made that play for, you know, the game winning touchdown. So, and that's why I added him on there. Like that, that was very significant to go six for hundred. And now obviously like 70 yards were on one play, but, but still. So we'll, we'll go Warner for the stat line MVP of this game. All right, next category, game references. Like, what what references are made in the future from this game? So there's a few obvious ones. They, they talk about it. Al Michaels immediately. He, he's a genius. The, game, the game's, like, right over that last play, and he goes, the longest yard, just like the, the – it's like the longest yard, the sequel. So, like, any time you think about, like, the longest yard, you think about – this game too with it like they're kind of synonymous and it's really funny 
so the 1974 original movie the longest yard came out this game happened in 2000 the second longest yard was 2005 are you telling me that they didn't think from this game we're gonna make a second movie it was definitely because of the game yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly so like that from this is a thing that will you know forever be linked with super bowl 34 is the longest yard um (laughs) the rams by the way were minus seven so they pushed which is just kind of funny to throw out uh then we mentioned the boomer assassin part of this this was actually his last super bowl on tv announcing um he ended up doing the radio for a while uh but apparently i I was reading up on this apparently there was actually beef between him and al michaels so that might explain like a little bit of what was happening why he was maybe talking out of turn and then like forth and saying the exact opposite things like yeah so it, it makes a little sense so like i'm not you know giving a and more credit like he was still kind of having not so great of a game but like it makes more sense given what i had read upon with him and al michaels so pretty funny there um and then still on tv though what you said still, they're both still on tv they yeah they both are different networks different roles now um yeah I don't. This must have. This might have been the last Super Bowl on ABC. I'd have to double check that out because at some point now it just they just made it NBC, CBS, and Fox. So right. Um, all right. Next category: forgotten hero or forgotten zero. So if you haven't heard the game rewind uh, before, this category is essentially like who's a player that if you mention them like years later you would basically be like, oh, yeah, that person did this. But, like, they're not really talked about for anything else. Um, The person I have for this, tell me if you have anyone different, is Mike Jones. And he's the guy who made the tackle on Kevin Dyson to to end the game. Um, Now, I okay, I watched most of the game. He had a lot of tackles, but he was not mentioned that much. Like, right. this was really the first time his name was, like, significantly brought up. And if you think of Mike Jones, like, in this sense, this is the play he made. Like, this is his career. I think he could also go the other way, too, with Kevin Dyson. Yes. So, here, here – I it, you're right. I But he would be the zero on the other uh, end. Right. But he, I, I don't think he did, it like, anything zero-ish enough, if that makes sense. Also – it's just the he, fact that he's one yard away from being the biggest hero. You know, it's like. Yes. But here, and here's, here's also like why I don't say Dyson. He had the Music City Miracle. True. So you're going to remember him for that also. Like, I don't know anything else about Mike Jones. Like, I haven't really done much else like research, but this for him is like, that was his play. Like, he was right. the hero for that play. Um, I, I already had a play, so he can't really. Yeah, right and that, that's kind of the point of it it's like who's who is so for not for like they're forgotten outside of this game is essentially the point right yeah so i have mike jones is the forgotten hero for this one last yeah. last week it was the zero or last game rewind we had a zero <laughs> but the, this this game we had a hero all right next category biggest social media moment i have a few candidates i I think we're leaning towards like the, the obvious, but I'll just run through the ones I want to say. The longest yard, obviously. 
Then I mentioned it before that Eddie George, his second touchdown, it wasn't reviewed, even though he was down and they, they just, they didn't have um, automatic replay at the time. But can you imagine Twitter would have gotten now? It, it would be Twitter. nuts. Absolutely nuts. Um, and then the third thing, which is somewhat minor, but I think it would be a talkative thing, is this the, the game that the kickers had? Oh, yeah. Like that would be, yeah. There's already so much on social media about kickers and like, why having them or whatever. But like, yeah, with them, like, missing kicks and getting blocked and messing up the snaps and all that sort of stuff. It would have been pretty wild on there. Yeah. There's a lot in this game that could have been on there. And even just like in the last series, like Steve McNair running around, like with, you know, there's two guys like on top of him and he just like somehow escapes. Like there'd be so much about that. And there'd be, it'd be. What, what would you say is the base? The still, still the longest yard part of it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's any, memes that could come out of that 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 had that would have been definitely there and it was like the end of the game um hey we we uh, might have to start a meme revolution with this thing we we might have to yeah set up set up a couple things and try to get it going (laughs) i think we could do it (laughs) We'll, well let's come up with a couple before we release the episode and we'll we'll send them out yeah i i think it's i think it's the best right it would be like stretching out and it would be um oh gosh i can't even think of anything right now oh yeah i mean yeah it'd be well can't we think of anything we'll, we'll figure it out yeah we'll... <laughs> we'll get it stay tuned um but yeah I, I think it's clearly the best like it would have been nuts after the game just to see now what everyone would have done with it like the other ones would have happened in the moment but this one would have lasted you know obviously a lot longer Right. Um, well, obviously, the most obvious one is like Titans Super Bowl chances, and then oh like, yeah, 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 Lombardi Trophy, like yeah, yeah. All right, last category. We're hopping the DeLorean. If the result of this game changes and the Titans win in whatever way or fashion, what is like or like how how do we kind of perceive this um this game or these guys careers the the one thing i kind of said was that steve mcnair he becomes a super bowl winner and mvp instead of kurt warner being a super bowl winner and mvp so like they both got mvps in their career but only one of them ended up winning a super bowl right i mean yeah you're just giving the tight because the titans still have yet to win a super bowl right so i mean it's just a whole different thing with them and their fan base and just views on the titans in general especially as a colts fan (laughs) um but i mean obviously that would change a lot and then i don't know yeah like you said saving there would be you know super bowl champion eddie george we got one there's a lot i mean there's a lot of players on that team and you know who else would be a super bowl champion jeff jeff fisher Fisher. (laughs) right and there's so many (laughs) jokes about him still today and they would change the narrative on him as a coach for sure for sure for sure and th- and this was um I, I should say like if the rams lose this one and say everything else plays out right the 20 the one the super bowl 56 that just happened is their first win in four attempts like they lose in 1980 they lose they would lose 1999 lose 2000 lose 2000 so actually first in, fi- in five attempts i should say 
Um, so it would have been a long time coming for the Rams. Now, obviously, they move cities in between, but um, I think those are the major. Yeah. Oh, were you going to add something? No, I wasn't. Okay, yeah. No, I, I think those are the major things. Like, obviously, you can – you know, you never know what teams break up or um, who stays together kind of longer, but – Right. Those are generally the, the biggest things. And then someone noted this to me today. The, so, the Rams won the Super Bowl in 1999-2000, Tom Brady entered the league in 2000. Tom Brady leaves the league in 2022, and then the Rams win the Super Bowl. So literally, Tom Brady's career was was sandwiched by two Rams Super Bowl wins. <laughs> it's actually kind of surprising about the game, though. Like just looking at stat wise, was mm-hmm. like obviously Marshall Falk is a legend, but rushing wise, he only had like he had ten carries for seventeen yards. That was it. Wow. Like rushing. Yeah. Obviously, threw the ball forty five times. Yeah. So like that. But the fact that, like, he only had that – I mean, receiving-wise, he had five catches for 90. Yeah. It's obviously great. But, like, it's just weird to have, like, Marshall Falk, 10 carries for 17 yards. In a I, Super I didn't realize that he had so few yards. Wow. And it makes sense with Warner having, like, so many passing. But – Right. Um, wow, I'm trying – I can't like believe Like, a 1.7-yard average. Like, even if he had, like, yeah. 20 yards, but average like, three or four carries. Like, only had, like, you know – six carries or something, but yeah. I don't know. 1.7 yards per carry is pretty not Marshall Falk. Right. No, that is interesting. And obviously like the, the next time he was in the Super Bowl, he, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying, I want to see what his stats were. This is actually, cause yeah, like, yeah, he won this one, but he might not have ever really had like that good of rushing stats uh, in his Super Bowls, which he, I mean, he's obviously one of the greatest running backs ever um, in or out of Super Bowl. But in Super Bowl 36, like, that was kind of the Patriots thing was to take away him. Also, another that's kind of another sliding doors thing is, like, the, is the greatest show on turf still the greatest show on turf? Like, if they don't win this, like, what what happens? They to break them. Hey, yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting to think about. Um, yeah, any, any other thoughts while I try to find this on Marshall Falk? Any other thoughts on this game? Uh, not, not really. It's still kind of weird to see it's like i almost forgot that the rams were st louis see st louis rams yeah (laughs) Louis for most of my life right right like it it was very yeah it was very like after especially after watching the la rams for the last four or five years and like the uniforms were very similar by the way like i i didn't realize how similar they were and then they like they eventually changed them and then they changed them back right um super bowl 36 <clears throat> the Rams, which by the way, they were down two touchdowns in that game. I wish this would load faster. Then I'd be able to tell you what Marshall Fox did. Uh old, good old good old internet. Oh yeah. I just I I I'm still like if they if we could go back and do this game with with Twitter, what would have happened? All right, Marshall Falk. This is coming. This is a long time to find out what Marshall Falk did in the Super Bowl. Um, Seventeen carries for seventy-six yards, so not not terrible. Right. So he, but in two game in two career Super Bowls, he had less than hundred rushing yards. 
which, you know, whatever. He won a Super Bowl. Right. No biggie. All right. <laughs> if no last thoughts, that was a fun game rewind. I'm glad we got to – I thought it was a good one to do, to match up with the Rams winning their first Super Bowl and since this one. Um, right. Like you said at the beginning of this, too, like it, it definitely – not only was it the Rams, but like that Rams and the 2000 Rams team was very similar to kind of this Bengals team. Young quarterback, young receiving core, like like you said, Court Warner's second year, Joe Burrow's second year. The wide receivers were like, you know, there's there's very they had long shot odds. Like I'm pretty sure, like the Bengals this year, like 200 to one, and they were 150 to one. You know, it's just very, they're very similar teams, even though obviously the Rams won uh, both, I guess. But um, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a very funny parallel. So they're just very similar. Yeah, very good point. Very good point to end this section. Benny, again, thanks so much for coming on, talking about the Super Bowl. Um, again, it's just like last week was a year with Zach and Dylan. It was fun to have you another week later. So also a year. year later. We might, I might just have to go in or keep going in order, have one year reunions with everybody. <laughs> a Valentine's Day week. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, and like I said, we're definitely going to have you on for college basketball. You are one of our college basketball guys as is Adam Weber, giving him that shout out now because he deserves it. Um, He'll be back on to give us his upset picks. But until then, Benny, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Um, Go IU. Go Hoosiers. (laughs) Go Hoosiers. All right, see you, man. Bye. Big thanks to Benny for coming back on the podcast. With football finally over, We will definitely have him back at some point to discuss college hoops, along with several other of our college basketball connoisseurs from Season 1. Looking forward to getting back into basketball as NBA is getting to the All-Star break, and we'll only have about 25 games or so left uh, after the break, and college basketball is in full swing, so stay tuned for more basketball talk in the coming weeks. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Real Stack Guy podcast, and remember, we are here to not just give you the stats you want, but the stats that you need. Thanks, everyone.